All right, Anthony on Air Podcast back for another episode. Did Ghislaine Maxwell receive preferential treatment in the Brooklyn prison she's being held in? We'll get into that. Plus, Francis Ford Coppola is changing Godfather 3 and re-releasing it. WGN is starting a new news show that is supposedly not partisan whatsoever, just based on facts. Could you imagine that? A new show based on facts. And I'm doing faces, by the way. Facebook. Facebook is not allowing new political ads after a certain date. So lots to uh, tackle here. Frankie C is here doing the Janine faces. Janine's on a beach somewhere. That was her answer. On screw Janine. Yeah, screw Janine. Yeah, I can't make the podcast because I'm on a beach. <laughs> it's Friday. You should be not on a beach. Shut it up. is Labor Day weekend, by the way. Happy Labor Day to everybody out there. Hey, happy Labor Day weekend. So last week we thought that... Uh, Ghislaine Maxwell actually we didn't really cover this because I thought it was not that big of a story that Ghislaine Maxwell was the first person to get visiting rights in this Brooklyn facility so basically nobody's been allowed to visit this facility because of the pandemic so no family no lawyers uh, nothing nobody's been allowed in that facility they reopened the facility and we hear that Ghislaine was the first one to get a visitor in the in the form of her lawyer that turns out to not be true Actually, the first person to get visitation rights is famed NXIVM sex cult leader, Keith Rainier. So this guy was charged, convicted of being a sex cult leader. He gets the first bit of visitation rights at this facility. There's Creeper right there. And then oh, gee, it's about time something went in this guy's direction, right? Shortly sure. after that, Ghislaine Maxwell gets visitation rights. So now I'm not, a, you know, look, I like conspiracy theories. I don't believe they're all true. I like to vet conspiracy theories. So I don't want to, like, start a conspiracy theory here. But fresh off of our Dylan Howard interview, which, by the way, we'll link in the description. It was a lot of fun talking to Dylan Howard. He's kind of got me thinking more about the government's involvement in this Ghislaine Maxwell Epstein thing, which I've always known they've been involved, but he's really sort of kind of reiterated the fact that this is a huge embarrassment for the government, this case. The fact that this, these things that Epstein was doing was allowed to be done while our government knew about it or government participated in it, depending on who you ask and who finally gets convicted, alleged, all that stuff. Um, but you have a case where you have a prison in Brooklyn and there's raise uh, your hand. If you're, this is the first time you're finding out there's a prison in Brooklyn, I, I didn't, <laughs> I know there were jails and stuff, but a prison, I had no idea. Federal, federal prison in Brooklyn and all these inmates are there. And the first two people that are allowed visitation rights after a global pandemic are known sex traffickers, one alleged, one convicted. Now, question for you. Now, is was it like, hey, everybody, all the inmates get visitation rights, and these just happen to be the first two that like were able to do it, that signed up for it, or whatever the case is? Excellent question, my friend, because whenever you're trying to debunk a conspiracy theory, that is the, the exact kind of question that you want to ask. And there's not a clear-cut answer on it. But I will say this. Susan Marcus, who is a lawyer who has clients in the same facility, said that she was really upset when she found out that Ghislaine was the first one to get visitation rights when she has clients in there. 
that have been waiting nearly six months to have an in-person visit. And she has been waiting to have a visit with her own clients that are in there. So, so it sounds like the, the prison went to these two people first, these two prisoners first and said, you're allowed to get visitors and everybody else can screw off. I mean, doesn't it sound like once the, uh, the pandemic uh, rules are lifted for the prison, open season on visitors, no? You would think so. Like what's stopping them? Yeah, because like when, you know, when Jerry's Diner reopens, what do they do? They send out an email blast. They post it on their social media, right? They let everybody and know. it's first come, first serve. Right. We're open for business. Now, obviously, a prison's not going to be the same thing. They're not going to post on social media. But you would think that they have some sort of a communication system in place to deal with inmates, families who want to visit, lawyers who have to visit. You would think there'd be something in place. How on earth did the first two become not only sex traffickers, one alleged, one convicted, um, but also wealthy people of great means? Like how, why that should not be the case. And there's other lawyers besides Susan Marcus who's speaking out against this. By the way, they asked the Federal Bureau of Prisons to uh, the Daily News, inquired about this, and they declined to comment on it. They didn't See, the question is for the lawyer, for Susan Marcus, was she told was she told about visitation rights being open? No, the way she uh, found out about visitation Glenn rights. And, yeah, the way she found out about it was that she found out Ghislaine Maxwell got a visit. That's how she found out. That's how she found it. That's, yep. All right. See, though, that's the problem. OK, I thought it was like, you know, they told Ghislaine Maxwell's people and maybe that's what happened they told her and yeah it sounds like she got some preferential treatment there so I mean it sounds basically like at Brooklyn Metropolitan Detention Center there's a little bit of preferential treatment for Ghislaine Maxwell here I mean I, yeah, I guess you can't even say it's first people who weren't convicted yet because there there is one who's waiting awaiting trial and there's one who's convicted those are the first two like, I guess you could even, you know, you could argue like, okay, they're, they're giving her a little bit of that preferential treatment because they don't want to fumble this. Like, they don't want there to be any excuse like, oh, when it opened, she was the 10th person to go. Like, I, maybe they don't want to oh, give her some like foul play or they're, they're mistreating her or something. Right. right. Or maybe maybe uh, it has to do with lawyers. Maybe the lawyers. I don't know. Maybe they worked something out in in some weird way. Like her lawyers worked something out where they that's the deal they got. Or I, I I don't know. It's it's this needs a little more investigation. But from what we're understanding here, it sounds like preferential treatment and it's uh, effed up. It's it, that, like it's like it should not be happening this way. You know, it should no. not be happening. So Mark, you're all told at the same time, you all get to do it. Or nobody gets to do it. Exactly. Mark Agnafilo, who was a defense attorney, um, was not aware that Rainier or Maxwell had any visitations. Um, hang on a second here. Wait, he he's the defense like he is the defense attorney for Keith. He said, "I was able to see Keith in the MDC Rainier. on Thursday." Yeah, Rainier. This is Mark okay. Agnafino, Keith's lawyer. I was able to see Keith in MDC on Thursday, August 27th. The MDC was clean and orderly. The staff brought Keith down right away. We met in one of the attorney rooms with plexiglass between us, which wasn't a problem at all. 
about as good a jail visit as an attorney can hope for. Defense attorneys who rep less high-profile inmates conceded that Rainier's visit was justified. He's been locked up since 2018 and is on the verge of sentencing. Still, the sources question why MDC chose high-profile, wealthy, white inmates to get first meetings with lawyers since the start of the pandemic in March. Susan Kelman, who represents other inmates at MDC, said other inmates need to be well taken care of, and it doesn't always work out that way. Being poor is just uh, one more adversity these days. If you're poor, you don't count. But what I don't understand, it's like rich or poor, it's not like the people in the prison who are setting up uh, the client attorney uh, meetings are benefiting from people being rich or poor. It's not like they... I think what, the thing is, care? I think the thing is, is if you're rich, you could obviously afford the most expensive lawyers, right? Who you, Fine, would, but- who would, you would guess would be maybe the more, uh, the better lawyers, more experienced lawyers, more connected lawyers, right? And are those people in tighter with the prison system and allowing this sort of yeah. thing to happen, right? So this is, again, this is basically systemic, right? This is with the definition of systemic. It's not like they're going, hey, rich people, like you guys get to go to the front of the line, but it's more like I can afford better attorneys. I can afford more connected attorneys. They're getting information first. I'm going to get preferential treatment because I have money to throw around. Yet, if you look at these two in Maxwell and uh, Rainier, who I hope I'm saying his name right, if not, I'm going to get killed in the comments. Um, yeah, right. Really cares. Piece of garbage. I should be calling them. Uh, you know, they built their they built their empires on the backs of of young, innocent people, you know, that that were taken advantage of. So it doesn't make any sense. That's there's obviously something going on there that needs to be investigated. There's, and then sure, there's there's got to be like a, um, internal affairs for prisons, right? got to be like an investigative team that goes into prisons and make sure everything's on the up and up now if there isn't on the inside i'm sure there is on the outside like i'm sure there's you know this this just broke today that she wasn't the first the fact that she was early was a story last week so we'll see if there's any sort of you know investigation following this uh the reports are that miss maxwell was allowed to meet with two of her attorneys for three hours despite the BOP's representations to the federal defenders that once in-person visitation begins, inmates will only be able to meet with one attorney for a one-hour window absent special approval. So even in this, like, even in the fact that she got the early treatment, she got more than one lawyer and for more than a one-hour window, which is what they said would be the procedures when they, when they started opening things up again. I mean, if that's the procedure when they open up, great. But everybody should be getting that at the same time. Yeah. I mean, it just it kind of just it reeks of like what is going on here? Like, is this just a coincidence that two sex traffickers, one convicted, one alleged uh, got this got were the first ones to the, you know, to the. And you th- you would think people in, in, in the uh, corrections uh, business would be like, all right, sex traffickers, I don't care how connected you are. Or, or how rich you are. This is the kind of thing. Like, if you're, you know, if it's a low-level crime, maybe they could hook them up. Yeah, like I, maybe I, they I could hear hook them up. I don't know, but this is this is a big, yeah, this is a big deal, and I feel like people in the corrections should be like, 
no, we're not giving you special treatment. You're, you know, based on what you're accused of. Well, that's the thing, because how many how many lawyers rooms do you think could be in this prison? I mean, there can't be just two. It can't be just I'm one. Sure not just two. I'm sure there's like five or six or seven. And if you let everybody do their thing, why wouldn't the prison come out and say your reports are incorrect? The, we had six rooms running and people were allowed to come in and be socially distant. Why, why wouldn't they correct the so record? So there's no comment yet. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's suspicious. There's got to be something going on. I mean, it, it reeks. This is not good. By the way, this Rainier is a real piece of work. Started an advertising agency and then had like this whole cult thing going on underneath it. Oh, man. Crazy. And you said, I remember a few podcasts ago, you said there were no cults in Brooklyn. Remember that? I concede the point. I was incorrect. I was incorrect about that. People took me to task on that, too. They're like, what do you mean there's no cult? I'm like, I haven't really heard of a lot of cults in Brooklyn. Gangs, yeah. maybe. Crews, that kind of thing. But cults, not I really. Mean, who the hell knew? Yeah. I mean, this guy was arrested two years ago, so uh, they knew. Yeah. Someone knew. Someone knew what was going on here. Um, WGN America launches primetime newscast with a promise, just the facts. So... This is a revolutionary idea. Let's give people the news with just the news. I don't know if I can handle that. <sighs> I need bullshit. Give me, give, me, give me fake stuff. Give me lies. How am I going to function without <laughs> lies and bullshit? Lather my news bagel with some cream cheese bullshit lies. That's what I need in the morning. There's a t-shirt. <laughs> Um, so, so what do you mean? It's just, but it's not political. You said, right? It, it, it's it's news, but nothing political. Not political, not partisan. So basically, what's happened in the world is CNNs, your CNNs, your MSNBCs on the left, your Fox News, your what's that other one that's not Fox News? Uh, news Max, Newsmax, right on the right. You have your right and your lefts, and what happened is a number of years ago, but a little bit before. President Trump, around the time of Obama, actually, um, they realized something. They realized that when disaster struck or when there was a tornado or an earthquake or somebody passed away, Whitney Houston, there, whatever, people tuned in. People went right to these cable news networks because they were the only ones there to provide the news as it broke for the nation. So they would get these huge bumps and they... They had business people in these networks and they decided, how do we keep these people around longer? Because people would tune in, find out what's happening, tune right back out again. Because a lot of people don't really care. They really more worry about what happens in their world. That's why people are more apt to watch their local news, whatever it is, you know, News 12, News 1, you know, Channel abc cbs news, whatever whatever it is in australia right whatever it is in australia whatever they're doing over there bbc news whatever it is um people more want to find out what's happening to them what can how can affect them so they watch local news they don't watch that stuff so they thought how can we change this how can we maintain these big ratings so we could charge our advertisers more so our business model could be better once again when you when you make that decision you no longer care about the public benefit of news and information you're choosing Profit over, over that. Okay. So that's what they decided to do. And what they discovered along the process here is it's not just salacious stories. It's not just big stories. 
It's opinions. Opinions drive ratings. So what you saw was a shift from these news programs that gave you news and information to personality-driven shows. And you could blame Jon Stewart and The Daily Show for part of this because for a while there, Stewart was sucking away all the viewers from these cable news networks when his show was on because people liked that he gave news and made you laugh at the same time. And so Stewart spawned John Oliver and Samantha Bee and all these things. But in the midst of all of this, the cable news network said, well, can we get a John Stewart, but just not be funny, but keep people in. So they went out and Don Lemon got a thing. And sounds terrible. And, I know. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Chris Cuomo got a show and on the other side, it was Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson and Bill O'Reilly was a big originator of this, a personality in there telling you what was happening. You, you started to care more for what Bill said and what Sean said as opposed to what was happening in the world. And if Bill and Sean or Don and Chris didn't get to something that was newsworthy, it didn't really matter because you were still staying informed and their numbers went up. Supposedly now, and it depends on who you ask, those numbers are now starting to plateau. They're high right now because it's an election year, right? So things are going to get, things are going to go up for now. But in the last year or so, not as great as they were when they started doing this, supposedly. Some people will say it doesn't matter because they're still up higher than when they started at all. So money is money. Okay. But you can't, I mean, uh, I, um, Say that I'm again, sorry. buddy. Uh, ratings go up and down, and I feel like, up. Oh, hold on. You're back. Uh, ratings go up and down. I, I, they're basing this on they're basing their stuff on a fluctuating thing. I mean, this is what's going on right now in politics. It's going to drive ratings either way. I mean, right, right. No... Well, yeah, especially right now because of obviously the well, yeah. the pandemic, and then you have uh, you know the election and everything. That's going to drive ratings. Right. But in a normal year, these personalities are doing way better than just putting Jim and Pam, the news people, in front of a camera and letting them read the news. Not great. And that's exactly what WGN is starting to bring back because what they're saying is, and I got to be honest with you, I'm with them on this. I don't want to hear Sean Hannity's opinion. I don't really care. I don't really care for what Don Lemon has to say most nights. They take what happens in the world and they skew it so much to fit it in. What happens is... Something happens, Don Lemon takes it and skews it into his narrative, Sean Hannity takes it and skews it into his narrative, and you have a lot of people that are slightly misinformed, and then you have a lot of people that are kind of scratching their heads as to, hey, what really happened, you know, and what's really going on here, and there's a lot of different sides to the story, and there's a lot of uncertainty, which isn't necessarily the greatest thing in the world, because you want your public to be as informed as they possibly can be. So WGN sees this, and by the way, there's a former Fox, uh, a former Hannity employee, I believe, who is behind all of this, Sean Compton. They saw this opportunity to say, hey, what happens if we go back to the way things were and we just gave you the information right down the middle, facts as they're, as they're presented, with no personalities? We'll have anchors. They will not comment. They will not give opinion. They will not editorialize what the news is for that day and somebody over there at wgn decided hey you know what that ain't a bad idea that's so basically that's what, what they do if you ever listen to like uh 10 10 wins right 
they do that. They just give you the news, what's happening. They give you the sound bites. And very rarely do you hear an anchor's opinion on something. It, it comes out every now and then, but they're on such a strict timetable that they don't really have the room to, to improv at all. So to back Frank up, exactly, that's exactly it. So if you have your all-news station in your town or your city or whatever, and they're just doing headline news, a lot of the times you'll get actual factual news because there's no time, like Frank said, to put in the, the BS. But when you have somebody who is facing a camera telling a story with a graphic in the corner and they're giving you a piece of news in 15 minutes that is lathered with opinion, bias, and editorial comments. So WGN is going to go with... What we're doing is lathered in opinions. I mean, it's that's we're not a, you know... But the difference is, the difference is, and what I tell everybody, you know... This is a podcast. This is conversation first. Yeah. This isn't news. We're giving you the news and we're talking about it. This is, you know, we're giving you the information. We're talking about, we have, we're talking about topical information. We're not delivering the news. There's a very big difference. We're not a news station or network or anything. We're just two guys in (laughs) t-shirts, in t-shirts hanging out. I'm in my kitchen. I'm not, you know, I don't have producers or it's me and a, me and the camera. That's it. Yeah. So, um, so that's the difference. This is a podcast. They're they're portraying themselves to be news, which is not true. And I'll tell you what: if CNN wanted to change, if Fox wanted to change, and change their presentation to be honest about it, I would have no problem with that. But they are still masquerading themselves as news, and they're presenting these programs in prime time that are kind of everything but. And there's a huge divide in our country right now. And as a, somebody who's been a member of the media in radio for, for over 15 years, I can say that the media is just as much to blame in their chase of profits than anybody else. Um, so you still have some things like the PBS News Hour, but people will say the PBS is biased and they lean towards the left. So WGN's idea is there's a news story. What are the facts? Give it to the people. And what they're doing is, is they're sourcing their network of stations because they have TV stations and a lot of small networks who don't have bias in their news. Because, again, they're just like Billy got into a car accident and there's a new uh, bar opening. And, you know, they're doing their local news stories and uh, little Sarah rescued a cat. They're using those people. It gets muddy right here. Uh, when there's something that is potential news, like let's say, example, the president allegedly said the this phrase, right? And let's say it's a controversial phrase, right? He denies it. Is that going to be news? Because that's the story. But the see, news- that's the story. The story is so and so alleged the president said this. this- and the president is denying it. Like, let's take, for example, Nancy Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi goes to the hairdresser place, right? Nancy Pelosi's not wearing a mask. Okay. Nancy Pelosi gets accused of bending the rules for her own good. Not a great look. Now, uh, the president runs a, a loop of Nancy Pelosi doing this to make Nancy Pelosi look even worse. Nancy Pelosi, instead of taking responsibility for herself, says that she was caught up in a scam. And that the shop owner scammed her. I thought Nancy Pelosi was a real piece of garbage yesterday. But, not that I don't still think that. 
the person that's in the video with Nancy Pelosi came out and said that the shopkeeper is a huge Trump supporter and, in fact, did indeed trap her because although they're not supposed to be taking on clients into the stores, the shopkeeper has been breaking that rule for since it was put in place and encouraging the people that rent chairs from that shopkeeper to bring in clients. So like everything else, you have a case of there's 40,000 people that are wrong here. Now, the difference is President Trump and Nancy Pelosi are our leaders. So you're supposed to hold them to a higher regard. So if you don't like their roles in this thing, I'm fine with that. But my point is, is that that in this one story, you have seven different sides. And unless you really dug into it the way I did, you would have no idea of knowing. And so I think that WGN is going to say, hey, here is the here it is. Here's the whole entire story. This is it from this side, that side, in the middle with the facts and everything else. I think that's what they're going to try and do. Because I think that I they, hope so. they see a hunger in this, in this current landscape and they're going to try and fill it. Now, by the way, this is the hunger that I have because as an independent, I just give me the information. I don't give a shit what, I especially don't give a shit what Tucker Carlson thinks. I mean, Fuck he is. Tucker Carlson, he is a piece of garbage. Stinks on ice. But by the He's way, a racist piece of shit. A couple of months ago, the New York Times tried to publish Tucker Carlson's address for a second time in what they said was just their journalistic due diligence. When the last time Tucker got his address published, people came into his house and threatened his wife and kids. That's not right. Yeah, no, that's, and that's, that's the New York that's Times. Effed up. That's crazy. That's messed up. That is crazy. So. I mean, I, I believe me, Tucker Carlson has the most punchable face in the history of faces. Like he just has a face like, that begs to be punched, too. but he does not deserve that despite whatever yeah. he has done. You know what I mean? But I, I but any, my point originally was I, I don't really listen to any of these guys. I, di I have to dig a lot harder to get my news and information and maybe I won't have to as much if I tune into this WGN, which See, full disclosure, gonna get, hang on, you're gonna full, get, oh God. Full disclosure, before this was running just straight up reruns of like Full House and shit like that. <laughs> I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss uh, Full House. And you want to know what's crazy? Besides all the, the reason, one of the reasons why they made the switch outside of they think that people want to see this and they can make money on it. The cost of those shows have gone up so much that it's actually cheaper to hire executive producers, producers, cameramen, anchors, blah, 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 and do this than it is to run an old episode of, of Supermarket Sweep and, and Golden Girls and shit like that. So. Which I'm into, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it's not, if it's not cost effective, but even here's what you, here's another problem you're going to run into. Even the reporting of a fact on whatever side has sides yeah it's going to be seen as well they shouldn't even be reporting this this isn't not this is fake fake news blah 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 this is you know it's biased because they're even because they're just reporting it and, and they're just spreading the word right you get no matter what there's going to be people this was probably going to have less of it obviously but there are going to be people who are going to shout bias no well, be, matter what I because there's people that are just like i'm conservative and everything that's not conservative i'm going to say is bullshit fake news and then there's people that are liberal that are like uh, i'm liberal and yeah. if 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 you know 
if you're not against Tucker Carlson or President Trump, I don't want to hear what you have to say. Like, you know, so there's going to be those people and those are going to be the people that complain because those are the people that complain at everyone. Yeah. Uh, but um, but we'll see how they do. Like, I personally am dying for this. I think this is the greatest thing this they can great. do. But as an honest person, I don't know if this is going to succeed. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I feel like they might be too early does, to the, the party. It, I think it I think it can. I mean, let's see, because it could one one of two things. It's either going to help with television overall, because let's face it, a lot of it is streaming, you know, so this this could be a boost for television itself. Um, Or they come up with an app and they do a live feature on their on Netflix. You know, you tune into your. Amazon Fire Stick or whatever, and there's the WGN app, and you you can watch the live news. I mean, that would be that would be perfect. So um, we'll see. This article on Deadline also points out that um, ABC World News tonight with David Muir, who tends to be a little bit more straighter edged, down the middle, just delivering the facts, has often been one of the most watched shows in all of television. So despite the fact that Tucker Carlson and Rachel Maddow are names and get talked about a lot, more people are watching ABC News, uh, World News Tonight. So there you go. And CNBC is uh, preparing to launch a 7 o'clock newscast with Shepard Smith, formerly of Fox News. Uh, the news with Shepard Smith, which will be emphasized in a nonpartisan, fact-based evening newscast. So... This might be we'll a, see. this might be a trend coming up, but you know, to change things around, we'll see. I hope it works. Um, Francis Ford Coppola announces a new version of The Godfather Three. The director says it's a more appropriate conclusion to the Godfather trilogy. Here's what's weird. This is a spoiler alert. Spoiler alert time. Fast forward. Tune out for a second if you haven't watched this yet. We all know how the Godfather Three ends. If you don't know how it ends, he's also changing the name of the movie. It's not just going to be called Godfather 3. It's going to be called Mario Puzo's The Godfather Coda, The Death of Michael Corleone. Well, there's a spoiler right there. So that's going to be the, <laughs> the name of the movie, but yet he's changing <laughs> the ending. I, I don't get. Why not just call, you know, the usual suspect, Kaiser Sose, is Kevin Spacey? <laughs> Just what are you doing? You probably ruined a lot of people's lives just now, Frank. You said spoiler alert. I'm covered. (laughs) So they crawled through 300 cartons of film to restore this film to 4K, something that they couldn't do previously. Uh, And it's slated for theaters in December. My guess is if you watch the movie, the movie kind of ends. And then in the last scene, years in the future from where the movie ends, you see Michael Corleone die. I guess that'll uh, be the same. The... <laughs> yeah, but maybe that scene, maybe that ending just before Ooh, will change. Spilling it, you're spilling it. Oh, that's the other Godfather. That's yeah, Brando. But let's be honest with each other. There could be a fourth Godfather. Because in that time that uh, Sonny's kid takes over to the time that Michael dies in that chair, there's a, there's a, window, right, okay. there's a window of what happened during that time in there. So it's like a, a two point two point five. Yeah, I don't know. He says it's going to be a more satisfying ending. I don't know what I don't know what that is exactly. But change the second answer. one if you're going to change anything. 
Why? The second one was perfect. What are you talking about? I mean, you're right. The third one was the one. I'm confused. I'm switching them. The third one was the not, uh, not so great one. But how are they going to, like, what? They have all this extra footage to make a whole new movie? I, I mean, I guess so. I guess maybe they shot some alternate things. And I don't want to give away what happens just before Corleone dies, because obviously we know Corleone dies. But there's something that happens before Corleone dies that maybe that won't happen. <laughs> yeah, maybe that doesn't happen. I don't know. I, I mean, sure. maybe how, they are they going to like reshoot some stuff? Probably not. Maybe they did shoot some stuff of Andy Garcia, like doing other things after that. And they're going to include that in it. He said the beginning is going to change. and The end is going to change a little bit. I don't know. I mean, and it's going to be in theaters. Going to be released in theaters in December and then uh, into homes, home theater after that. That's awfully quick. I mean, what, four month heads up. Yeah, I which mean, means you feel like you know, a whole new Godfather thing is going to be like Christmas of next year. It could but be no, four it, months from now. It could be like eight minutes of new footage only. Like, who knows? Like, he's not giving us all the information. No. He's just giving you us. Know, a little, yeah, that's true. It could be that. <laughs> that'd be a big. That'd be a big letdown. <laughs> a whole new Godfather three. Well, you got to think like, if Coppola is sitting over there looking at at. Uh, at uh, Star Wars, man, they're going, Lucas released these films 73 different times. What the hell? I'm going to put out a new Godfather then. Screw this guy. But they were new films. No, actually, they weren't. No, they we weren't. We <laughs> made them. You're right. We had to sit through theatrical the re-releases, Blu-ray releases, Laserdisc releases. Yeah. And they did the special edition, which they, they took the original three and they added scenes. But, and they did special effects. But the story didn't change. No. They kept the original the story the same, and they just, all they did was beef up the special effects. But I heard rumor, uh, this is not confirmed at all, but I heard George Lucas is thinking about he wants to do his own last three movies. That would be something else. Like he, I, honestly, I don't yeah. think he has to. I think he can go to Disney and, wor- and work it out. I I don't think that Disney would turn him away. Well, what just, do you mean? I mean, he he had nothing to do with the last three movies. He didn't, but but right. and I and I heard he was a little unhappy with so, like some of the direction of it all. Exactly. So but, he wants a whole. He wants to do a scrap them and do a whole new uh, seven, eight, and nine. See, this is the problem with Bob Iger leaving Disney because Bob Iger did that deal with him, Lucas, and it was very quick. It wasn't like. You know, and and the the truth of the matter is, is if you're Lucas and you're giving up and you're retiring, who else are you going to turn that over to, outside of Disney? Nobody. There's yeah, nobody you can trust. It's a small market. It's a time like J.J. Abrams who couldn't afford it, and Disney who could. Like that's and with the hope that Disney brings in J.J. Abrams to to shoot the stuff. Like, and that's kind of what happened. But I think that uh, the, Susan, whoever is kind of in charge of this, of the star Wars franchise now in Disney Kennedy, I think I see whatever her name is. I, she was super tight with Lucas. So I don't see any reason why they can't figure it out. They could, I guess, but it would take away from the, the three that they've made already. I, I don't know the story. Would forget them and say, you know, now we've got three new ones that yeah. are taking its place. It's not, it's not three different ones. I mean, it's not three additional movies. He wants them to replace, you know, to be the story from seven, eight, and nine. Oh, he wants to replace the three that just came out, you're saying? 
In other words, yeah, he wants it to be the new seven, eight, and nine. Oh, episode see, seven, eight, and nine. If I'm Disney, I'm going, hey, why don't let's let's write a ten. Like what? Like we'll fix it, and like you know, it doesn't matter. Like you can write <laughs> anything back. It's he doesn't like the way it went. I guess who knows? I mean, I personally, I I liked them. There were some things that I would change. There were some questions that went unanswered. Yeah, but um, I like. What do they call that? Seller's remorse. Like he sold it. Like it's not yours anymore. Like you got to move on. Yeah. You know that's why you sold that's it. True. If, if you didn't want to sell it, nobody was forcing him to sell Lucas Films. He could have kept it going. He could have given it to his kids or whatever, and kept a you know an eye on Made it. A few bill on that one. I just think that he was. I think he also saw that like he didn't have it in him anymore, and the hunger of the fans. Like I don't know. It's huge. Yeah, I don't know if he could have satisfied the fans eight years ago, seven years ago, whenever he sold it, five years ago, whatever it was. I don't know. Um, finally, speaking of uh, Disney, Jungle Cruise is going to have Metallica's Nothing Else Matters transformed into an orchestral piece for a key scene in the upcoming film, which is set to be released in summer of 2021. Wait, what film? Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise, as in... As in the ride, they've turned the ride into oh, the ride. a movie okay. with Emily Blunt and The Rock. Sorry, I should have said that. I, I assumed everybody knew that. A lot of people probably no, didn't know either. that. They're t- yeah, they're turning the, the 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 Disney ride into a movie, and it stars The Rock and Emily Blunt. And supposedly, the people that have been working on the film are massive fans of Metallica, so they're going to include an orchestral version of Nothing Else Matters in the uh, in the movie. I mean. Nothing else matters is be, to begin with has orchestral pieces in it. There is an actual on the Black album. There's an orchestra playing behind Metallica a little bit. It's actually the San Francisco orchestra that played with them in S and M the the first album, first orchestra album. So that's behind the original version already. Then they Sorry, did I was doing my Nothing basis. Else Matters <laughs> with an orchestra for the S and M album, mm-hmm. Symphony of Metallica album. Mm-hmm. And then they did it again with another orchestra for over this summer. They released another S&M album, which nothing else matters is on that again. By the way, there a track from that record went to number one on the active rock charts. And Metallica is the first band in the history of that chart to chart boom in four decades. They, they hit number one in every one of the last first four to decades. do like everything, dude. I mean, I don't know what, 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 why you, you're even questioning. They are amazing. The, the, the majesty of this band and, and the magic on LNG last night. I played, band. I went back and I played no leaf clover just to, to document that moment. Nice. It's like, that's a great song. That is a great, it is. nobody talks about that in the community though. I feel what's weird is that song was originally the it was uh, the SNM album was its debut. Yes. There's another song called uh, "Minus Human" mm-hmm. from SNM. That it's another uh, song that originally debuted on the SNM album that doesn't get much play either. Yeah. But No Leaf Clover d- gets a lot more. But I I think "Minus Human" is very much underrated. Um. But yeah, No Leaf Clover. I've heard them play it without the orchestra. I heard them play it live. And it's it's still it's an amazing song. All right, and finally, um, Facebook is moving to prevent election interference this year. They're banning new political ads starting October twenty seventh. So 
Obviously, things were a little bit of a nightmare with Russia and everything else last time around. And this time around... October 27 is a smidge late, though. It's when, a week you agree? It's a week <laughs> before the election. And the reason why they're doing that, they're saying is because it's going to take them a while to vet any ads that come in. And that's the last time they'll have to vet an ad. So ads will run right up until the election date. But the candidates will not be able to submit anything after October 27th because they don't want any last minute things getting put in there that are not not true. I think I think it's a it's a step in the move of responsibility for Facebook, which, again, we're, we're, we're braving a new world. We don't have time to talk about this. We're ending the podcast right now, but we've been braving a new world for a number of years. Presidential elections it's- on MySpace, presidential elections on YouTube presidential elections on Twitter. Obama was a master at Twitter. Trump was a master at Facebook and and YouTube and and social media and Internet 2.0, which is what helped him win. Hillary was not good at those things. And besides the fact that she didn't travel places also contributed to her losing. Um, This, I think, is a good move with Facebook, who have tried to stay completely out of this and completely out of restricting people and any being accused of any sort of censorship. They're, they're finally moving in and finding appropriate ways. I think this is a good move. Could they do more? Maybe. Uh, but I think this is a good first step. I agree. Uh, I think it's, it's weird because um, how do you vet that? I mean, you have to look into whether or not stuff is, is true or false. Yeah. And that's the whole point of, of, of journalists. Even journalists can't figure that out for the most part. Um, you know, a lot of things go. A lot of things go unanswered. Do they say this? They say that. Is this true? Is this not true? So Facebook's going to start doing that. It's a tall order, I think, but hopefully they can get it right. It's tough in general when you have social media sites, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, making decisions on what's right and what's not right. And this is a bigger issue than just the election in general. You know what I mean? Um, but um, I think that this is a good first step for. For Facebook, so we'll see what happens. Agreed. All right, that's Frankie C. right there. Uh, it's your old pal, Lant. I hope you guys have a wonderful Labor Day weekend. Thank you so much for all the support, all the kind comments, um, and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Don't forget to check anthonyonair.com for all our links and information. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.